Thanks for finding Organic Matters. I'm on my second quarter. I do my show in four quarters. And I began talking about electrifying the world. I finally decided it's time to really give that subject a little bit of, a, of, a, of, a, of its own period. I've been talking about climate change. Originally, climate, they called it global warming. That was a bad idea because not everybody's getting warmer. Some people are getting colder and some are getting wetter and some are getting drier. So we, I like the word climate change better. And, and what solutions we needed to look for. And I, again, over 20 years ago, and it's truly been a learning journey for me about how to tell a story that can motivate people in the face of what seems to some folks insurmountable. I worry that, that uh, for lack of a, I hate using fancy words, that nihilism will soon grip us all on this issue unless we can paint a picture of what success really looks like. And that picture needs to be simple. The actionable steps, achievable, so people can get a grip on them. People want to see themselves in the solution, but not at the expense. This is the hard part of sacrificing the things they love and the conveniences of modern life that we've all really become used to. I'll stop here a minute. Just I have been accused of uh, preaching this, and I don't mean to preach it or minister it. What I do mean, though, is to... I meet so many people, I have, and, I, and the good news is this is getting to be a lesser and lesser of the problem all the time. They really didn't have a clue. Or they deny or totally don't believe that we are a part of the problem. Most of those folks are gone. There's a few left hanging out, most of them politically hanging out because it's to their short-term, at least, advantage. So that, that part's changing. But we... At this moment, folks, as far as I'm concerned, we still have a slim chance of keeping global warming under the two degrees centigrade, which is about three and a half degrees Fahrenheit, without changing entirely the fabric of everyday living as we know it. It may not be everyone's version of climate success. That may be, maybe I'm being either too optimistic or too pessimistic, but it is possible to help avoid extreme warming with a substitution of the machines in our lives. To do so, we need to achieve as far as we can, as close as we can, to 100% adoption rate of the right technologies as we replace what, at least in our past, will be the fossil-fueled machines that we're currently using. And now let's take at least a minute and do a little good news. Fortunately, technologies now exist for the majority of these things to become possible. Electric cars currently have sufficient range and they're getting better every year and are close enough to cost parity at the dealership that we can imagine that transition. The cost per mile drops a lot, folks, significantly. Air source heat pumps now have such high performance that they beat traditional furnaces and boilers in many climates just by running on electricity. Used to not be able to do that. Modern induction cooking experience is better than cooking on gas now and far more efficient and, incidentally, far more accurate. It's not yet true in the United States that rooftop solar is the cheapest energy yet, but it is true. In Australia already, I've was over there, folks. I lived there for a while. Uh, and they now are on parity or actually 
live on rooftop solar cheaper than they can buy electricity. And the difference has to do a lot with not just the source, but the regulations are different over there. And yes, it's, it's a little more strict what you can do, but two weeks after I was there, it made no difference. I, I was living a much more efficient life almost by default. In the long run, electrifying our lives will save a lot of money for everybody. This has been closely studied. The clo last thing I can see is on our energy bills per home on average, averaging both, of course, people using a lot and people up to $2,500 per household per year less to run your house once you get converted than it currently costs you. Folks, that adds up. As of the beginning of this show today, as far as I can find, solar modules themselves have become incredibly cheap, even cheaper than I thought. They average now around 30 cents a watt. Now, what happened in Australia, Australia ran a certification and training program for building a workforce that also certified the installers as electrical inspectors. This made the process of purchasing and installing solar in Australia simple and doable in a matter of days. You can't believe how fast. The install cost ends up being, everything included, labor and all, about a buck a watt, one dollar a watt. Unfortunately, here in the United States so far, the process takes 60 days and includes just really complicated permitting and inspection requirements. The result is that the install cost winds up at a closer to $3 a watt instead of one. Folks, we need to take a look around the world for the best practices and implement them everywhere. Uh, a good example, Norway's rapid adoption of electric vehicles, far greater than ours, is another good example of what can be done and how successful it can be. Let's do an organic matters food for thought here. Think about this. If... We could cover the average U.S. rooftop in solar at the Australian installed price. In other words, back to where, and they're doing it, so it is possible. Still, put two electric vehicles in the driveway as easily as you can in California or Norway. Install the best Japanese heat pumps. They're still better than ours, unfortunately. And cook on the best German induction cooktops. I have an American-made one that's pretty good, but the Germans are ahead of us. And then back it all up with a household battery tied to a smart main panel connected to what I would call an enlightened grid that encourages consumers to self-generate power as much as they can and to store and shift the loads. We'd be on a long, long way, be a long way toward the success that we need and approaching those again of Australia and Norway, which seem to be at the top of the pack right now. Somewhat of a look here at reality. In the United States, there's about a billion, with a B, folks, a billion of the machines that we really need to be replaced and installed across this nation's, and we have about 121 million homes. This creates, if you think about it in the positive side, an enormous economic opportunity to manufacture all or most of these machines where? Right here in America. That's what we're trying to do. Won't get into politics here, but that's what's got to be done. And because the cost of all these things is falling further and further all the time, and the performance is increasing all the time, by around the year 2025, which 
even in my old age, as I'm, I plan on being here, that's right around the corner. People will be saving by making these choices about the infrastructures of their own homes and their own daily lives. I'm not naive, folks. It is not the entire solution to climate change, but it is the solution to a heck of a lot of it. And it is a solution that we can start deploying everywhere today, basically. The new bill that was already passed will offer point-of-sale rebates for heat pumps, hot water heaters, heat pump and HVAC systems, electric cooking appliances, electric clothes dryers. The goal is to remove the upfront barrier for homeowners to replace a fossil fuel appliance with a cleaner alternative. Then as we come along and of course clean up how we make the energy on the supply side, they tie together to be a pretty pretty good looking picture. I do have to say at this moment, the clean energy appliances that are, are here have a little bit higher upfront cost than, than we're traditionally used to spending. But they save that over one, two, three years. After that, they're actually far more efficient and, in essence, put more money back in your pocket than you would have if you've got the less efficient machine and live with it because it takes a lot more energy to run. One way we're going to do this is we're going to have especially low-cost financing Guaranteed, but not paid by the government. First, I want you to tell you that, okay? That will help those of you that, that the difference, in other words, will make up in the monthly payment if you're going to buy an appliance uh, on time. The electric appliance makeup a number will be 3% APR, but if you buy it around a regular account right now, especially with inflation, it's going to be 5 or 6 That will pay you back in your pocket over time, even though the upfront cost may seem... Um, not so bearable initially. I'll try to end this on this quarter. I'll go on forever. But I do admit, critics argue that this will hit a political hurdle. And it will. But if we remain constrained by what we think is politically possible, then we're not going to go anywhere. We'll never have a sufficiently ambitious climate agenda. Because it's in the future. And your politicians are worried about two, four, maybe six years down the road getting elected again. They're not worried about what you pay at your house, even though they might pretend they are. Whether we like it or not, we need to change the politics. And the politics are only going to change and become bipartisan. When the economic benefits are felt in every household that is involved. Rooftop solar right now, for instance, is no longer a political issue in Australia. Because families of all political stripes, we'll call them, of all the, what we call them, the tribes here, have found and felt the positive effect on the cash flow of having cheaper electricity in their homes. It can't be understated how important it is, for instance, and this is, I brought it up earlier, my kids actually bought a Ford electric truck. The Ford 150, a real cultural icon, I think it's certainly the number one selling pickup truck in America, uh, it was the most produced for sure, is going electric and has gone electric for the most part. There, there'll be both. Once households, I don't care what their, their colors are, red, blue, purple, green, are enjoying the lower cost of ownership of electric vehicles, the politics of this whole issue will change. 
Norwegians of all stripes now support the rapid adoption of electric vehicles in their country, and there is no longer a political issue as a part of it. Politicians are still able to sell a story of fear of change and loss around the transition. They're still doing it. Increasingly, though, that won't be possible because the economics will shift and each individual human will personally be able to feel, hey, this did me more good than harm. It's the way we need to go. To close this out, because again, I I, I do rant. (laughs) I admit that, but that's why I don't take advertising on my show. I can say what I want. Mass electrification in the United States is estimated to create at least two 25 million new jobs across every zip code in this nation. Do we need jobs right now? We've got a pretty low unemployment rate, but we're going on. Yes, we do need jobs. So you get a win-win. You get cheaper electricity, a cheaper way to live. A few million people get jobs if they want them. And we uh, get to uh, share in the benefits. So think about all that. I'm I'm going to cut it here because I beat it today. A man that taught me, I used to try to think I was uh, good at debate, and I did do pretty good in in school with it, but he once told me that, that, uh, and this I hope doesn't hit anybody wrong, that as great as Jesus Christ was, he could probably only hold an audience about 20 minutes at a time on a particular subject. (laughs) So I'm going to cut it off here. But thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters, and we'll be back after this with, a, I hope, a lighter side of the show. 